This podcast is brought to you by Yosemark Mountain Equipment, offering expert advice on gear for powder and the backcountry. Located at the corner of Ski Hill Road and 3rd Street in Driggs. And by Three Rivers Ranch Outfitters, offering winter trip planning services and selling gear from Patagonia, Orvis, Hatch, Rio, Sims, and more. Located at 76 North Main Street in Driggs. Hey, this is Get Out the Podcast from the Teton Valley News. I'm Scott Stunts. Today we talk about why people choose the gear they do and why some people go for setups that actually make things harder and in some cases seem to make no sense. To start things off, AJ Linnell is a local racer and he just finished first in his division at the Bailey Hundo in Colorado. Here's a bit about the course. I mean, a hundred miler is never easy. They're all tough. But as hundred mile courses go, it was relatively easy. It's uh it's really just buff, fast rolling, single track. His choice of gear sometimes draws a reaction. Yeah. Almost I mean, almost every awards ceremony, you know, they're going through the the age divisions, you know, men thirty to thirty nine, women to thirty, thirty nine, and then they're oh, and then this these guys are nuts. They just chose to ride a hundred miles with one gear. And you know, blah 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 blah. So I mean yeah, everybody thinks it's crazy. Now, beyond single speeds, there are some people that ride fixed gear bikes, fixies, meaning there's no freewheel, which means the bike doesn't coast. I asked AJ if he ever considered jumping from single speed to fixie. Absolutely not. You think I'm crazy? <laughs> that that would be, I mean, I gotta say, that would be terrifying. He said you'd smash your pedals into rocks, not be able to coast down hills, and he just couldn't see the upsides that riding a single speed would offer in a fixie. <laughs> no, and you know, I think what it comes down to is that it's not, I'm not trying to add challenge to cycling by riding a single speed. Having ridden a bunch of geared bikes and full suspension bikes and rigid bikes, and um, in my experience, being on a single speed is more fun, more efficient, and faster. And I mean, I could see somebody offering me a million dollars to to fix, you know, to get rid of the free hub and, and go fix, but I'm not like, I don't, I don't see that having the same fun, efficient, fast outcome. I see that involving a lot of pain and probably broken bones. Well, for the rest of today, we talked to Dave Nice, or Fixie Dave, who, as you might guess, rides a fixed-gear mountain bike. We start off by talking about his experience at the Bailey Hundo on a Fixie. I chose to uh, uh, ride a Borealis uh, Yampa carbon fiber fat bike with carbon wheels and a you know, fairly light fat bike setup, but I did choose to go fixed, and it uh, ended up being a little bit more difficult than I had originally planned. I I thought the gain was, you know, between 10 and 11,000 feet, but uh, at the end of the day, the uh, GPS told me it was about 15,000. So, you know, it was a little more difficult than I had planned. Uh, I wasn't the last one in, but I think there was only two or three guys that finished <laughs> slower than I did. You know, it seems like the uh, your top speed isn't your number one objective when it comes to when you're doing racing? You know, people seem to ask me always, you know, what, what what's the purpose of, you know, doing this fix? And I've been pretty much full-time fix since 2003, but, you know, I'm really not 
you know, I like to say that, you know, I like the connection with the ground and the terrain that I'm pedaling over. And, and, you know, I like to say I'm a masochist, but, you know, I really don't understand why I'm persuaded to do these things the way that I do, because there's, you know, a bazillion ways to be more efficient and faster. I remember watching um, that video from you from a few years ago uh, when you were working at Stranahan's and it had, you know, I think the quote it got was, um, or like the quote it had from you was, the trail doesn't feel as alive when you're, you know, when you're on a something with a freewheel or like, you know, on a, not on a fixie. Is that, you know, maybe expand on that. Like, what do you mean by alive? You know, maybe it's just because you've got to be so active and aware and so hyper-focused of, where exactly you're going and you know where your pedals are placed and you, you know the timing of your cranks you know as you're you know weaving through some rocks or over some logs or you know through the roots or what have you that you know maybe it's just that i'm so focused on that precise moment that really don't have the brain power to be thinking of anything else at the time so you know i'm just purely focused on the writing and that moment and that pedal stroke that I think that's what I mean by, you know, being alive and whatnot. You know, I think for, for me, like, uh, I maybe get some of that same experience, uh, just on my, my geared hardtail because I'm not that good. So I have to think about everything just cause I'm bad. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the, maybe when I get better, I'll have to, you know, one of those things that as you get better, you have to adjust how you come at things to get that same feeling of, you know, when you first were doing something, I could, you know, maybe seeing that, you know, chasing that connection. Cause I've definitely felt that before where it's like, if you think about something else, you're going to, you know, you're going to wreck it or go over the handlebars. And I mean, did you, did you start to maybe like miss that feeling when you were on, you know, geared bikes? Is that kind of, you know, did chasing that feeling kind of drive you to, to fixed gear, or how did you get on a, a fixed gear mountain bike for the first time? The the first time I, I, I rode a fixed gear was simply out of, I, I was uh, going to cooking school up in Boulder at the time. 2000, 2001 was a particularly cold, wet winter in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and the grease in my freewheel kept freezing up. So I, I had to pour hot coffee on my freewheel or pee on it or to get it warm enough so that it would actually engage and uh, keep moving because it was about a month stretch there that was negative 10 to negative 20. And I was commuting to, to cooking school and one of the local shops I was hanging out at the time, Full Cycle, one of the guys there, Bill Witty, he uh, was like, Dave, you need a, a track bike. And uh, I was like, well, what what's that? And he's like, well, you need a fixed gear. And I was like, well, what's that? He's like, well, it's a bike that doesn't coast and there's no freewheel on it. So I did a little dig in online that evening and stumbled across Matt Chester's website at the time and kind of read up on fixed gear bikes and was kind of intrigued by the whole concept and idea. So not too long after, I built up kind of a dumpster Peugeot fixed gear kind of road bike-ish freak machine and uh you know dug that as my commuter and you know was having a lot of fun on that 
And then uh, that spring, I was I had promised I'd show up to a group ride at Marshall Mesa up in Boulder County, and I, I rode home to my grandparents who I was staying with at the time and my surly one by one mountain bike at the time, both tires were flat. So, and I didn't have enough time to change them out and patch the tubes and get back rolling. So I was like, well, I'll just ride the Peugeot and, you know, booked it out to Marshall Mesa and rode the Peugeot. And it was like, you know, maybe it was kind of a light bulb or I don't know quite how to describe it, but it like it seemed to make sense and feel right to me. And I was like, wow, that, that was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. And I guess I just kind of clicked with it. I don't know how better to describe that. When you were on that ride, did you have any idea that you'd still be riding, you know, uh, almost exclusively Dixie Mountain Bike? for this long, for this many years? Uh, you know, I had no clue. I mean, I guess that's kind of a weird question because one of the things that was kind of interesting to me was the fact that I had, you know, I had read, uh, I had read some stuff and the, uh, you know, uh, I read um, Brendan Leonard's post where he talked about you. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known Brendan for for quite some time, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed that piece. You know, one of the things that kind of made, kind of made me think about is that, like, you know, sometimes you go out, and if you have like a, a piece of your bike is broken, sometimes it's easy, at least for me, to be like frustrated or maybe a little angry. And it sounds like that you kind of cut through that in a lot of cases. I think that I put put a you know, I'm able to express and, and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, unburden myself of a lot of emotion, you know, both negative and positive by, you know, just going out and pedaling. And, you know, maybe for me, you know, the fixed gear is very efficient tool for, you know, unburdening myself, you know, rather than going with gears and a freewheel and squishy bits and, you know, whatever else technology that, that you Oh, I think I'm losing you. Okay. Oh, sorry. There you go. I was going to say, I just lost a, a part of that last sentence. I was going to say, you know, I've had some friends who, like, when they when they do a race or something, they'll say, you know, like, they'll they'll use the word suffer fest, like, in a pretty, like, positive light, you know, as something that they were, you know, like, going for. And I was just wondering, it doesn't seem like, I think at first glance, like, some people might think that the guy who rides, you know, Fixie on single track on races and stuff is going for that, like, extra difficulty like that extra suffer and it, and it kind of sounds like that's not your not your attraction to this at all um maybe it's you know yeah there's extra suffering and and that sort of thing but you know i think that for me pedaling is kind of like unburdening myself of emotion and uh you know i think that you know maybe the fixed gear maybe through its suffering is a way of like unburdening myself of you know, that emotion, both positive and negative, and just the, tends to get to kind of that root of writing really darn quick. Um, yeah, again, you know, it's, you know, if I wanted to make it hard, maybe I'd just become a trail runner and, you know, run all of these things, but that sounds even more painful, and I'm not into that. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly. One of the other things I found interesting from looking around at the, the stuff that's been put out about you, like in that video, how many miles a day do you ride? 
you know, a light day is 10 or 15 miles, but I've also gone out and, you know, done 280 miles in you know, 24 hours. So, you know, it's, it's all over the map. I don't really, you know, other than certain events or certain things that I'm building up to, I don't really try to keep like super duper close track of everything or, you know, log my miles. I, you know, kind of keep a general log, but, you know, I'm not a bean counter either. So. And I guess, you know, one of the, maybe kind of what I was getting at was that uh, from the amount of miles that I saw in that video and stuff, it just sounds like, and just from talking to you now, it sounds like, uh, you know, you just get an immense amount of, you know, happiness and satisfaction from riding your bike, whether it's, you know, just around or on a really long race or, you know, just like you always seem to get a, at least a little bit of a buzz from it, you know. It's it's rare that I jump on a bike and I'm unhappy, you know. It's like usually within 10 or 15 minutes, I'm like, you know, I'm on a bike. I'm enjoying myself. I'm I'm having fun and, you know, it's, pedals are fun and I, I guess maybe I'm blessed or fortunate that I've found something that no matter what's going on or how upset or weird I of a mood I'm in, you know, it's like I jump on my bike and, you know, usually 10 or 15 minutes later, I'm, I'm in a content space and, you know, maybe happy is not quite the right word, but content and just happy to be enjoying scenery passing me by and observing what's going on, whether it's city street or, uh, you know, a, a piece of single track or uh, a sand dune or somewhere above tree line where I'm trying to find, you know, the path or the trail that I'm supposed to be on. Cool, man. That was all my my questions. Like, I realized sometimes I get a little too interviewee and I try to think of too deep of questions and it kind of goes off the rails. But thanks for uh, bearing with me on some of those there, man. But, yeah. Do you have anything uh, planned, big trips planned coming up? Or? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, uh, um, doing an individual time trial of the uh, Colorado Trail starting uh, probably around 8 a.m. on August 3rd from Durango and heading towards Denver. Oh, really? How many miles is that? Uh, I think it's about 540. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, I have never done a really long race, so whenever I hear people bust out those numbers, it's still shocks me a little bit uh you know that it, it, it's a difficult route but i'm still pretty pretty proud in uh t- 2012 i i rode from antelope wells new mexico uh to to banff alberta on uh the uh great divide route and that, that one's 2750 miles and uh did that one in 33 days i was gonna ask you about i forgot about that that you did the tour divide on a fixie that that's the one that really blows my mind whenever i hear it because i can't imagine just doing that straight up and let alone on a single speed and then let alone on a fixie on top of that (laughs) you know that that one was a you know long difficult process to get that done you know it's that that was a six-year mission of mine so to speak after a bunch of bizarre things happened and you know, different issues creeping up and just figuring it out. And I, I, I wouldn't call myself uh, particularly blessed in the physical department or, you know, genetic department, but I uh, definitely feel like, you know, my mental mindset is kind of stubborn like a mule. And, you know, I like to 
get stuff done even if it takes me forever so <laughs> well cool man but thank you dave thank you so much for talking to me it's uh, i actually um i heard about you back in college and uh this is the, like so it's really kind of cool for me to be able to finally do an interview on with you and uh pick your brain a little bit so but yeah well hey thank you very much dave i really appreciate taking the time out and uh have a good one man cool cool man i dude i i'm so excited that this worked out so thanks again yeah no worries man all right have a good one you too thanks to aj linnell and dave nice for talking to me today the music on today's show came from brian fox and was used under the creative commons license thanks for listening